welcome to the audio ministry of the Family Worship Center located in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy today's message. Luke chapter 1, and if you could follow with me, I'm reading from uh, uh, the New American Standard Bible, but if you could follow with me, uh, it's not too far off from the King James or the New King James. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God, in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition, your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. If you could skip down to verse 18. Zacharias said to the angel, how will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you shall now be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because, somebody say because, because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. The word of the Lord is blessed. Before you take your seat, I wonder if you could turn to the neighbor to the left or to the right of you and repeat our subject for this morning after me. Say, neighbor. Go on, say it like you mean it. Neighbor, get your voice back. Uh, Will you turn to the person on the next side of you or perhaps behind you or in front of you and say it with a little bit more authority this time, like, Say it like a preacher. Say it like a warrior. Say my sister, my brother, or if you know them by name, friend. Say get your voice back. Hallelujah. Now go ahead and put your hand on your chest and talk to yourself this morning. Tell yourself. Call yourself by name. Close your eyes if you have to focus in. And tell yourself today, I will get my voice back. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. You may go ahead and take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Bless you, Lord. Get your voice back. Bless you, God. A couple of weeks ago, I was in conversation with someone, my prayer partner, actually. And uh, during the course of the conversation, I started to express some things that I was feeling down and discouraged about. I started talking down to myself and about myself. And it's crazy because here we were in our time of prayer and fasting, and 
everyone is gaining strength during this time and everyone is feeling encouraged and feeling better during our time of prayer and fasting. But here I was seemingly more discouraged and feeling like, where is God? Why do I feel like this? I asked God, why do I feel like this? And he reminded me that even Jesus, when he was going through his time of isolation and prayer and fasting, even he had his moments when Satan came to tempt him. And he said to me, you know, you're having this time of prayer and fasting, and yes, you're, you're feeling not how you expected to feel. You're not getting the results you expected to get, but sometimes you're time of prayer and fasting is not necessarily for you to get a thing, but for me to open your eyes and for you to see in the spirit and for you to hear in the spirit. And so I quickened up and I started to listen and I started to pay attention to what I was seeing and to what I was hearing. And I continued to turn my plate down and seek God. But on this particular day, I was speaking to a friend of mine, and it was one of those days that I was feeling really down, and I started saying some things to her. And, you know, I give God thanks for special people in our lives. You know, I have a circle of very, very good friends that have been my friends since childhood. And I have new friends as well that I so much appreciate God placing in my life because all of these friends together, and they, have diff they serve different purposes in my life, but all of them together form a network, a community that I can rely on. And we are a people that need community, amen? We are people who need friends, amen? There's something to be said about people who have been your friends for a long time and seen you go through changes and they still love you. They see you being different from how you were, and they still love you. But God has placed people in my life in the most recent years and times who don't necessarily know much about who I used to be, but he's connected us in such a way that we're able to communicate in a way that if I'm saying something that's just off, they can rebuke me, and because of our connection, we take that rebuke and we just keep moving, amen? My husband and I have a thing that we do, or maybe I do it more than he does, but when one of us starts talking off and saying crazy things that we shouldn't be saying, we just reach out and kind of snatch that word in the atmosphere symbolically, throw it down to the ground and just kind of don't let it go any further. I think I do that more than you do it, but you need people around you who can keep you in check, who can talk you back from crazy. I said you need people who can talk you back from crazy. So every now and then we say things in our hurt and our disappointment and our frustration that have the potential of messing with our future. And that's what my friend realized. And she said to me, you better shut your mouth right now. So I started arguing with her. I said, well, that's how I feel. That's, that's just my truth. I'm owning my truth. I'm speaking my truth. And she said to me, I don't care what you think you're saying, but you better stop it before you mess yourself up. Can I be transparent? Is that okay? Yes, Pastor Aisha sometimes says things that can mess her up. 
but thanks be to God who is merciful and who is kind. And the Bible says that he protects us. And we have the saying that he protects us from things dangerous, seen and unseen. And how many know sometimes he will protect you from your own self. He will protect you from your own words. And so some of the things that I have said, even over my own life, I have to thank God that he did not put life in those words and allow those things to come to pass or I would not be here today. Somebody give the Lord some praise. Somebody say, get your voice back. I've come to let somebody know today that you didn't even realize it. But somewhere along the line, you lost your voice. Even right now, some of you are ready to tap out of this conversation because you don't think that this applies to you. Pastor Aisha, I haven't lost my voice. I just spoke to my neighbor a few seconds ago. I can say what I want to say and I have no problems, no hindrances. But what you don't realize is you're talking, but your words have lost their power. And so our voices didn't leave us in the natural, but in the realm of the spirit, God had to take the authority out of our words so that we wouldn't mess ourselves up. Your authority. So you wonder, why aren't my children listening to me? It's our authority. Why can't I get my spouse to understand and to hear me? It's our authority. I've been trying to speak those things that be not as though they are like the word of God says that I should, but things are just not lining up. It's because the authority, our voice is gone. Somebody say, get your voice back. The power of life and death is in our tongue. And you didn't even realize it, but you were getting ready to speak death to things that God has purposed to live. So he had to save you from yourself. And that's what happened to Zechariah. God made a declaration. And the words that came out of Zechariah's mouth didn't align with what God said. So God took away his ability to speak. Not only did he take his voice, but the Bible says that after his wife did conceive as God said she would, she went into seclusion for five months. Some of you are wondering why God removed some people from your life or why you can't get in touch with people. I need to let you know today it's because the stuff that's been coming out of your mouth has the potential to mess with what God is doing in them and what God wants to do through you. So Zachariah and Elizabeth had to be away from each other for a little while so that Zachariah didn't mess with the promise that Elizabeth was carrying. I need to let somebody know today, your authority, your voice doesn't come from how eloquently it speaks. It comes from the power of the almighty God. Your authority doesn't come from how loud you yell. It comes from how well you know the almighty God. Somebody ought to praise him. Your authority doesn't come from the degrees that you have. It comes from what you've learned about God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because when you really know God, I mean really know God, when you open up your mouth to declare a thing what you say will align with what God 
God has already said. It will align with his will. It will align with his purpose. And so when you speak it, it will come to pass. Somebody say it'll come to pass. And so the Lord said, we're doing a lot of talking. And it's taking time away from action. We need to realize that we are on God's timeline. And so we can't waste another moment in idle chat. We can't waste another moment talking too much. We can't waste another moment murmuring too much, complaining too much, especially when we are saying things that are contrary to the will and to the plan of God. Some of us are talking and our words are laced with doubt. Some of us are talking and our words are laced with fear. Some of us are talking and our words are laced with God, I don't want to do this. And God, how could you let this happen? Some of us are questioning God, how can you possibly do this thing? When the angel told Zechariah what God said, what God was going to do, Zechariah responded by questioning God and reminding God about his current situation. Zachariah re reminds me of my two sons. When I tell them to hurry up, get dressed, and get ready because we have somewhere that we need to go. And instead of getting ready, they start asking all kinds of questions. Where are we going? How long are we going to be there? What time are we coming back? Can I take my devices with me? Can we stop and get candy from the store? All these questions. And now I like the fact that they ask questions, that they don't just do things because they were told to do things. That's a good indication that they won't be followers when it comes to their peers. They'll think about things a little bit more. But sometimes, somebody say sometimes. Sometimes I just need them to go ahead and start doing something just because we're their parents and we're the ones in charge. Sometimes. And so after a while, all this questioning comes, and I can't keep answering all of the questions because it's slowing down the process of them getting ready. And so I have to say to them, the more questions you ask, the longer it's taking to get ready. So what I need you to do is get ready now, and you can get the details later. I need to let somebody in the house know today that God is looking for a few folks today who will get ready now and get the details from God later. Why? Because God is the one that's in charge. God is still in control. God is saying in this season, you don't need to know how it's going to happen. Just know that I'm going to handle it. Somebody shout hallelujah. See, because Zachariah didn't know God's timeline. Zachariah didn't know that in six months time from now, a pregnant Mary who was carrying the savior of the world would be visiting his pregnant wife and the babies in their womb would connect in the spirit and that would begin the next phase of redemption's plan. So the more Zachariah kept talking and asking questions, the more chances he was taking to mess with the plan and the process that God had set up. So God had to shut Zachariah's mouth for a while. Now I've got to admit that 
when turmoil increased in my life, I was like Zachariah. I started to ask God all kinds of questions. God, did you really say that? God, did I miss you? But I heard the Lord saying that just because I said a thing didn't mean that it would be easy. I need to let somebody know that today. Just because God said a thing didn't mean it would be smooth. Just because God said it didn't mean it would be right now. God appointed David king while he was a shepherd boy. He didn't become king of Israel till years later. Just because God said it doesn't mean it's going to feel good. Don't you know that I am in charge, that I am still in control? And the only reason you are alive today is because of my ability to take nothing and speak a thing and it becomes something. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. So until I can trust what comes out of your mouth, Zachariah, until I can trust what comes out of your mouth, Family Worship Center, I've got to take your So for his wife's entire gestation period, Zechariah could not utter a word. The authority of his words were gone because he did not believe. Somebody say, get your voice back. In order for Zechariah to get his voice back, he needed to believe what God said. And once he believed what God said, he would start saying what God said. And that, my brothers and sisters, leads right into the first nugget that I want to share with us today. And I will not be long. Zachariah had to make some changes in three areas of his life. Somebody say three areas. The first is this. He had to adopt a new communication. Somebody say new communication. A new way of speaking, a new language. The Bible says that he started signing. Now, he wasn't mute all of his life. So signing was not something that he would have been accustomed to or that he would have been practicing before. He had to figure out how to communicate in a new way. He had to figure out how to communicate with his wife in a new way. He had to figure out how to communicate in his job as a priest in a new way. He had to make a shift in how he spoke. My mind goes back to the book of Genesis when the people were all speaking one language and God looked at them and said, they're all speaking one language and they're building this tower and I've got to go down there and confuse their language because see, when they're speaking the same language, nothing can be withheld from them. So God, when he confused the language, so they were speaking different languages, they weren't communicating the same and they couldn't get anything done. When they spoke the same language, they were unstoppable. God is saying to us today, your language is not matching the language of God. And your language is holding up the process. I need you to learn my language, God's language, so that we can get this thing done. Somebody say the language. 
God's language is let there be and then everything was. God's language is let us make and then he did. God's language is mountain be thou removed and the mountain can move. Can somebody shout hallelujah? If you want to line up with what God said, you've got to start talking the way that God talks. Saying the things that God says the way that God says them. God is looking for some people who when they open up their mouths to speak will echo his words and his voice. See, because we were created in the image of God. So we need to be a reflection of God, not just in how we look and how we carry ourselves, but in every word that proceeds out of our mouths. We need to echo God. I looked up the definition of echo, and echo means a repetition or an imitation of sound. And then it said, and I thought this was interesting, when sound waves hit hard against a surface, a hard surface, they will reflect, making the sound bounce and repeat. And so if you agree with someone, you will echo his or her statement. Brothers and sisters, I let you, need to let you know today that what God said may have come against some hard sur surfaces. It may have come against some hard circumstances. It may come against some hard situations, but what God said, hallelujah, never returns unto him void, hallelujah. What God says will bounce and repeat until it has accomplished that thing it has set out to accomplish, hallelujah. When God speaks, everything is under his command, and a hard surface simply means that God's voice will echo back. Somebody say echo back. God is looking for some people who when they open up their mouth to speak will echo back what he said. Some people who will repeat after God. Some people who will reflect God with their words. And echo comes in agreement with the sound. So in order for you to echo God, you've got to agree with what God said. Somebody say new communication. He had to learn a new way of communicating. The second change he had to make is he had to adopt a new expectation. Somebody say new expectation. Zechariah was born into the priesthood. The Bible says that both he and his wife were righteous before God. It's there in the text. They followed closely after God and dedicated their lives to him. Now, because of the number of priests that there were, thousands, and the method and order in which they performed their priestly services, this was going to be Zechariah's once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go before the altar of God. One time. When he went into the temple, it was his first time and his only time. It was finally his his time at the altar, however, was not for his personal requests, but on behalf of the people. Because remember, this is before Christ went in and 
tore the 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 the, the altar in, t- in half and before we had access so the priests were doing the work on behalf of the people this was not for him this was for the people he was serving so any prayers that he had made for a child or for a son would have been made on his own time over the years of his marriage. But by the time it was his turn to serve, hallelujah, he would have given up on his request. After all, he and his wife were now so old. So much time has passed. At this point in time, he would have been focused on just doing what he had to do as a priest, fulfilling his job, fulfilling his service, ministering to the people, praying for the people, burning the incense at the altar. Zechariah was no longer expecting God to move on his own behalf. Somebody say new expectations. I need to let somebody know today it's time to change your expectations. Hallelujah. I know you've been continuing to do what you think you need to do just to get by, but it's time to change your expectations. So you may be cooking the meals and taking care of the kids and paying the bills and whatnot, thinking this is the extent of what my marriage will be. But God said today, you need to change your expectations. I know you've been continuing to to go to work somebody ought to shout hallelujah somebody ought to shout hallelujah you've been continuing to go to work to do your job clocking in and clocking out then going home thinking that is the extent of my career but God wants you today to get some new expectations hallelujah the one in the house today that's been serving in God's house faithfully doing what's been requested of you by the leaders thinking that this is the extent of what God has for you in ministry. God said to let you know today, it's time for you to have some new expectations. Somebody say new expectations. Hallelujah. God wants to speak to your level of expectation today. It's not enough for you to just keep doing what you know you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. You've got to start expecting that God will do what God said he will do. And what God said was anything that you ask will be given to you hallelujah what God said is that if you delight yourself in him he will give you the desires of your heart hallelujah what God said is ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find God said you could speak to the mountain and the mountain has to move God said if you have faith the size of a mustard seed hallelujah you can move a mountain God said you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength God said it it's time that we start changing our expectations to line up with what God said you got to expect a new thing you got to expect a fresh thing you got to expect something big from God and you have to expect that it's not necessarily going to look like what you thought it would look like because in this season God is saying things are going to look a little bit different than what you thought it's not going to be the same old same old it's not going to be business as usual see because Zachariah expected at this stage in his life he and his wife would simply be growing old together 
just enjoying each other's company, maybe by the beach, just putting their feet up in a hammock and relaxing. He expected at this point in time they would be enjoying their old age, but Zechariah had to get some new expectations because in the months that followed the word of God, his wife's body began to change. And when he thought he would be seeing wrinkles and he thought he would be seeing sagging, he started to see a glow and he started to see a firmness and he started to see a plumpness and he started to see something new was about to happen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to look different. You've got to expect different. For some of us, I know we like to be around a lot of people, but in this season, you may have to be alone for a while. Your expectation has to change. I know you gave up on that vision that you had because you thought it was long past, but you've got to expect something different now. That's the word of the Lord to you today. Ah, oh, some new expectations. You may have resolved in your mind that this is just the way things have to be. But God sent a word today to let everyone under the sound of my voice know that your expectation needs to change. It's time to expect great things. It's time to expect a fresh move of God in your family, in your home, in your relationships, in your job, in your community, in our government, in Canada. It's time to expect great things. It's time to expect God to follow through on his promises because we stopped expecting. We had faith. We started off with all this zeal and all this, God will do. I believe God will do. And then when he didn't do what we thought he would do, we lost our expectation. God is saying, expect me to do the impossible. God wants to give you your voice back. But he needs to make sure that when that happens, what you say aligns with what he says. And in order for that to happen, you've got to have some new expectations. Somebody say new expectations. I'm almost finished. The third thing that Zachariah had to change, he had to adopt a new determination. Somebody say new determination. If you look back at Luke chapter 1 from verse 57, it says, Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have him called by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, no, somebody say no. He shall be called John. But they said to her, there's no one among your family members, your relatives who's called by that name. So they made signs. They went to Zachariah at that point. They started signing to him to ask him, what would you have this child to be called? And Zachariah asked for a tablet and he wrote saying, his name is John. And they all marveled. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed. And he spoke, 
praising God. People of God, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Hallelujah. You've got to have a new determination to line up with what God said. After the baby was born, their friends, their neighbors, everyone that knew their testimony gathered around to celebrate them. And in their excitement, they tried to name the baby Zechariah after his father. There's nothing wrong with that. That's an honor. People are well-intentioned. Even when they're trying to celebrate you and celebrate what God has done in your life, but well-intentioned is not always in line with God's will. People will give you advice, but you've got to be determined to follow the advice that God already gave you. You've got to remember what God said to you. Elizabeth said no. Somebody shout no. Elizabeth said no to the people. But they wouldn't listen. They must have thought she was losing her mind. You know, after we have babies, ladies, you can relate. You know, we start, we call it baby brain. We start saying stuff that may be a little bit off. So maybe they thought she had baby brain. They said, she must not know what she's talking about. Let me ask her husband. And so they went to John, to Zachariah, sorry. And Zachariah said, his name is John. In fact, the Bible says, Zachariah said, no. Zachariah had to be determined. Somebody say determined to stand with his wife, and more importantly, to stand with God and say no. Somebody say no. You've got to know when and how to say it. Somebody say no. You've got to be determined to say it. Somebody say no. You can't go to the places that you used to go to and do the things that you used to do. Somebody say no. You can't participate in the things that you used to participate in. Somebody say no. I can't drink like I used to drink with you. Somebody say no. I can't smoke and get high like I used to with you. Somebody say no. Come on, you're not saying no like you really mean it. Somebody shout no. I know it sounds good, but no. Somebody shout no. I know it follows tradition, but no. I know it's the way that seems right, but no. I may not always know what I'm supposed to do, but I know what I'm not going to do. And to this, I've got to say, you've got to say no. And you've got to say it with a new determination. So you've got to be determined in your mind that I will not allow any situation. And I will not allow anything. And I will not allow any being to stop me from aligning what I say with what God has already said. So when Zechariah finished saying no, he said yes to God. And that's when God gave him his voice back. Somebody say, get your voice back. That's when God knew that he could trust him and trust what would come out of Zechariah's mouth. When Zechariah wrote on that tablet, his name is John, what Zechariah was doing was finally coming into agreement with what God said. 
Now, I wonder if there's anybody, anybody, one person, two persons, three persons in the room today that has a determination you've made up in your mind that you are going to be in agreement with what God said. I get it now, God. I get it now, God. I get it now, God. You had to change the way I communicate, but I get it now, God. Somebody give him some praise. I had to adjust my level of expectation, but I get it now, God. I wonder if someone would jump to their feet and give God praise. I was wavering before, Lord. I had some doubts before, Lord, but I get it now, God. Hallelujah. I wasn't quite lining up with you before, Lord, but I get it now, and I've got a new determination. Oh, God, I get it get it now God is looking for some people who instead of doubting him will believe in him somebody shout Lord I believe God is looking for some people who instead of questioning him will simply repeat after him I don't know about you today but I know that I've made up in my mind that even if it doesn't make sense to my natural mind when God says something I'm simply gonna repeat after him hallelujah so if God said I am healed I'm gonna go ahead and repeat that I am healed. If God said that I'm the head and not the tail, I'm going to go ahead and repeat that I am the head and not the tail. If God said I'm the lender and not the borrower, I don't have time to check my bank account. I'm going to go ahead and believe and repeat after God. I am the lender and not the borrower. If God said that this is the year of restoration, I'm going to go ahead and repeat after God. This is of when Jesus was sitting with his disciples and he started to tell his disciples what was about to happen. I'm going to have to be crucified. I'm going to have to die. And Peter, who loved God and who God loved, said, no, Lord, I'll never let that happen. And what did Jesus say? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan, but he was rebuking the words that were coming out of his mouth because he couldn't afford to let Peter's words mess with the purpose and the plan for God's redemption of mankind back to himself. Sometimes you gotta have people in your circle who will rebuke you. And if you don't have anyone in your circle that will rebuke you, go ahead and look in the mirror and start rebuking yourself. Say, self, shut your mouth. Don't you dare speak against what God said. Don't 
almost finished. Please don't sit. Once God could trust Zechariah, once Zechariah got his voice back, the Bible says in verse 67 that Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost and he began to prophesy. I need to let a few people in the house know today that you're going to get your voice back today. When you leave this place, hallelujah, glory to God, you will have your voice back. And when you get your voice back, you will open your mouth and you will begin to prophesy. Hallelujah. And because what you say will line up with what God says, everything that you speak, everything that comes out of your mouth, it will come to pass because God is putting the authority back in your voice. God is putting the authority back on your tongue. Hallelujah. You don't believe me? First Kings chapter 17, Elijah said, as the Lord of God Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these seven years except at my word, except at God's word, no, except at Elijah's word. In other words, God put the authority in Elijah's mouth uh, to open his mouth and speak. Hallelujah. And it just happened the way Elijah said it would happen. I dare somebody in the house today to go ahead and start changing your communication. I dare you to start changing your I dare you to get a new determination. Lift your hands to heaven. Open your mouth and begin to prophesy over your situation. Open your mouth 
to let demons, not to let any devil come against the word of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Lift your hands to heaven. I'm finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, get your voice back. Get your voice back. Turn to the person beside you. Shake their hand. Tell them, get your voice back. Get your voice back. Come on, cross over the aisle. Find somebody else and tell them, get your voice back. Get your voice back. Won't you say it with a little excitement? Give somebody a high five and tell them, get your voice back. Get your voice back. Get your voice back. Get your voice back. Today, this day, this day, this day. When you go home, open those doors to your house and start prophesying. Because God gave you your voice back. He put the authority back in your mouth to speak those things that are not as though they are. It wasn't working before. But God gave you your voice back today. Today. Get your voice back. Hallelujah. 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 Get your voice back. Get your voice back. Get your voice back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We're the Family Worship Center. Strengthening the family, building the community, serving with love.